Welcome to another episode of the Tales and Tunes podcast. We took a healthy summer break from the podcast world, but now that things have calmed down a bit, we've got a fresh episode with a new guest, Josh Mankey. But first, let's check the track of the week. This week's featured track is one that has been a favorite of mine and I've been playing it all summer. The track is entitled Dat Pad, produced by Eerie 2 and Diogo Mindslap, and can be found on Hush Records.
and we're back online, polluting your airwaves with episode 19 of the Tales and Tunes podcast. I missed you guys. This week, we've got another guest on here that I've been itching to get onto the podcast for quite a while now. Born in the Midwest, but raised here in Colorado. He's been DJing for 16 years, the better half, almost 17, and has been a part of the Denver cruise and scenes during that time. The crews include 2040, Flatline, and he is also a founding member of the crew Just Us. So without further ado, I welcome my good friend Josh Mankey to the podcast. Thanks for coming on the podcast here, bud. What up? <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what, what's up, dude? How, how have you been lately? What's new? I've been good. Um, laying low, as usual, for the past, I would say, going on year and a half, two years. Had to get out of things for a little bit and coming back around. Heck yeah, man. How's, uh, how's suburb been treating you then? It's been awesome. Um, it's been really good. Not, not as many gigs as usual, but I'm into that right now. And basically... Just doing my thing at home and together was definitely my favorite moment of the entire summer. Hell yeah. I would have to say. And I was actually building towards that anyways. Turned down a few gigs just for that. So Excellent, man. Uh, <clears throat> just thinking back too uh, on this year, uh, one thing we do have in common is that we are uh, Red Wings fans. Yes, and, uh, yes, yes, yes. We both, uh, that was probably one of the highlights of the year, huh, back in February? Yes, that was awesome until we got thrown out of the, what, second round? You got thrown <laughs> out? All right, well, for first off, for people who don't know what we're talking about, but, uh, us being Red Wings fans, there was, each year the NHL does a oh, uh, oh, alumni no, no, game. Oh, oh, alumni game, yes. Yeah. The alumni Is that what game. you were talking about? No, 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 oh. no. I was talking about the playoffs. Oh, the playoffs, getting kicked out of the playoffs in the second round. No, no, no. I had a blast at the alumni game. Actually, yeah, that was the awesome. Alum- yeah, okay. Well, I, that's what I was talking about. Okay. <laughs> I got lost anyway, yeah, no. The the playoffs were very sad, but but uh, no, the alumni game. Yeah, each year the NHL has a, uh, they pick two teams where they have old players come back, and this year was the homage to. In many people's opinion, the greatest rivalry in sports history, which is the Avalanche from the versus yes, the Red Wings, yes, from '96 to what 2001. Yes, Ish. roughly. That roughly, yes, that was the rivalry of all mm. time. Yeah. And honestly, it just sits amongst the fans more than it does the players anymore. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, we they brought they had two games and it was an open air game in the. Coors Field. Yeah, Coors Field, the baseball baseball field. So it was, yeah, open air, outdoor game. First night was all the old players from that era of the rivalry. So there's a bunch of 50 year olds. Like, oh, we have (laughs) Iserman, Lidstrom, Chelios, Shanahan. 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 Bow down to Shanahan. Bow down. One of the best hockey players of all time. (laughs) Probably my favorite jersey. Definitely. Definitely. But by the way, me and Ben have both probably had that jersey since what, ninety nine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they did that game the first night, and the the second game was the regulation game. We lost the the alumni game, which is fine. Whatever. Because it was like a scrimmage as it was, but the second night, the the actual league, <laughs> we yes. fucking pounded them. <laughs> you can't. I mean, it's a, a bunch of old guys playing hockey. What do you mm. expect? 
I'm not too worried about them losing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's point. As long as we won the real game. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, but any, it was great to see all of them put definitely. the skates back on. Any any other things that stand out? Did you go anywhere this year? Vacation? Or? Um, we went to Austin a, a couple weeks ago, and that was amazing. Super cool spot. I'm mm-hmm. a foodie, so food was awesome. It was just an awesome place to hang out. Mm-hmm. It, I kept calling it Texas Denver because it <laughs> reminded me a lot of Denver, mm-hmm. and just it was it was a great place to hang out. Really oh, cool yeah. place to be. Yeah, my summer and part of the reason why uh, we're yeah we're on podcast nineteen here and eighteen was Paul Anthony back in April, so it's it's been several months, but pretty much along the timeline of summer because summer was just absolutely outrageous for me this year. It was just week after week of traveling out of state. I mean, of course, there was Detroit. I had a couple weddings. I still have, like, two weddings coming up that I, I'm actually going to a wedding in Iowa this fucking weekend. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, like, I did, like, four or five or, or six festivals, uh, including Impulse, which was north of uh, Fort Collins. Uh, I played a festival called Sacred Earth, which was in south of St. Louis back in June, which was amazing. And uh, there's been a couple other ones. Uh I went whitewater rafting for the first time a couple weeks ago. How was that? That was fantastic. Tess was the guide. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, well, if anyone wants, the, if you want anyone to be your guide, I mean, yeah, Tess, come on. Tess. Tess. It, was, it was fantastic. I uh, oh my god, I can't believe it took me to be thirty to go whitewater rafting for my first time. Dude, because, I've lived in Colorado since I was five and I still haven't done it. Well, you'll go and you'll be fucking pissed because it's, it's the same as like snowboarding or something. I mean, I mean I'd mean, i rather go snowboarding I'm already way pissed. More. But yeah, yeah. But once you go, you're like, why the fuck did it take me this long yeah. to go? <laughs> uh, other than that, I have a few Red Rock shows. Uh, one of them, I, I got backstage passes because my friend works at a restaurant that is in LA that's Ben Harper's like favorite restaurant which ones I forget the name of the restaurant Scott's well no not the restaurant which shows oh which shows? well I was talking uh, Ben Harper Ben I went to Ben Harper at, okay. at Red okay. Rocks and he yes. uh, my friend like I said is is a waiter at his favorite restaurant and they're like buddy buddy he got him backstage at Bonnaroo last year and he got us backstage passes at Red Rocks this year that's like, awesome yeah like right after I got back from Cali too and uh, yeah, we like literally you can when you go anywhere. We go to the dressing rooms. I have pictures from behind the band looking up. That's towards like super eight thousand people. <laughs> like, nice. How am I even here? Nice. And there's this. Uh, there's actually underneath the the stage. There's a staircase that goes from beneath the stage. I know all stage. about the staircase. Yeah, to and the all sound the people booth. who have played there. Yeah, sign the walls. And yeah. Shit. yeah, and it's just like this long cement staircase where everybody who's ever played there. I mean, you'd see anything from like the Beatles to yeah. to you know Daft Punk, and I mean, which like, was one of the greatest shows that I've experienced at Red Rock, dude. It was one of the best shows I've ever been to. At Red I Rock. I got to see. I've talked about this at nauseum on the podcast, but I got to see that show three times. Red Rocks was my second time, <laughs> but yeah, the greatest show on fucking earth, dude. Dude, <laughs> it was so good. I actually got to go to Red Rocks for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, this this summer as well, mm-hmm. I went and saw LCD Sound System. Oh, you went to that fucking show! Oh, dude, it was the second best show <laughs> to Daft Punk that I've seen there. Mm. Honestly, in my personal opinion, it was. 
It was it was great. It was fucking, fucking nice. phenomenal. It was a great show. Hell yeah. It was really good. Fuck Anyone yeah. who was there probably would, would know, agree. Yeah. They would agree. I bet there was a lot of people from the Daft Punk show there. Yeah, but <laughs> I guarantee there was. I guarantee there was. It was a I great was, show. Dude, I randomly uh, was watching this. Uh, have you you know who DJ AM is? What duh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he. he uh, he, there's a documentary on the life and times of him now. It's pretty freaking awesome. I have to check that out. There was a there's a point in it that just solidifies like how right we are and how that is the best show you could like possibly see. Is that like at one of his lowest points, like where he was about to give up, he went to that Daft Punk show like by force. Like his friend had to drag him to it, and he said he like ran into the audience and like after that like. It just spun him into creativity mode, and he was like at shows on. It dance was the and... most inspiring show I've ever been yeah. to in my entire <laughs> life. It really was. It was just like bar none, especially like growing up here. And you know, I've been to a ton of Red Rock shows, but I've been to quite a few. Mm-hmm. That was by far the best oh. Red Rock show. It was just like they had the pyramids set up, fucking eyeballs yeah. all over the place. It was. Just, it was. It was insane. <laughs> it was just. Absolutely insane. Well, dude, I can tell you, I, I saw the show three times. Once Miami, Red Rocks, and after Red Rocks, five days later at Lollapalooza. It didn't matter. And that was my first Red Rock show. It did not matter that it was at Red Rocks. It was unbelievable. It was equivalently awesome every single time. Every it had, time you Like, went. the venue and the amount of people did not matter. Like That's it awesome. was The show was just so, like, that was it. Like, so, first of all, <laughs> that says a lot. Because a lot of people are like, oh, because it was at Red Rocks, it mm-hmm. was super special. They're like, this was the shit because it was at Red Rocks. But for you to say it was unequivocally awesome at every place, Everyone. that's just amazing. Like I was, that's I, awesome. That I, says something. I had that feeling every single time I went. Like, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's says, that says I consider myself good. blessed as shit. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> my my uh my my wife, who I didn't even know at the time, was actually at the Red Rocks show. And says that was like the best thing she'd ever fucking seen. Oh. So, yeah. How I long after you good. met her did that come up in conversation? Not, it didn't take very long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we live in Colorado. Yeah. Did you see Daft Punk at Red Rocks? Well, fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it didn't take very long to come up. It definitely didn't. Yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> But yeah, other other than that, this summer, yeah, just I, I mean, every weekend there's something in Denver, like impossible. And to it's keep getting up with. crazier. It's getting crazier, crazier, crazier yeah. <laughs> I mean, crazier. in the summer, it's just I mean, Sundays you go out to the free rooftop party and it goes inside until two a.m. Well, and and it's packed and people are just getting it's like dude. It's and then there's also like two other Sunday parties going on. You have no the have beta, you have yeah. no idea what the hell's going on half the time. But you can always find something to do. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, fucking three years ago, this wasn't the case. Yeah. You had the rooftop of Bar Standard. That was it. Mm-hmm. And that was the jam. And you could actually have sound up there. Now they, are, they've, they've fixed that a bit, for sure. But like, you just have so much to do anymore. I, mm-hmm. I took a year off from the entire scene, and I came back, and it's just like, where did all these people come from? <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell did all these just people come from? Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. It's not no, a bad thing. No, I'm not no. talking shit here. It's an awesome thing. Constant like, evolution. Always something to do. Yeah, so this summer, 
yeah, a ton of shit happened, but obviously the 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 highlight and the the peak of the the summer was for a lot of us and and including us uh, together. Yes. Uh, and uh, I I know most people who are probably listening to this know what together is, but just to give kind of a breakdown of what together is and what it was. Uh, there was a series of parties in Iowa from 2003 to 2006, and they were called uh, Together. And the idea behind it was, I mean, in in the Midwest, and I mean, pre- I mean, anywhere you're going to have separation of, you know, egos and genres between scenes, and you know, I mean, there's some, you know, competition and, and whatever within scenes. But and I so uh, these two guys, uh, Jeff Law, who got to be here this year, and then Eric Starrett, uh, who wasn't there this year, they got together and like, well, let's let's throw a party where everybody put their shit aside and let's not make this about money and let's have everybody come together. Let's party. He's got yeah, he's got equipment, he's got the hookup on land, he's got the sound, and like I've got the hookup for you know whatever. Everybody just kind of pitches in, and uh, only donations are accepted at the door. And so, they, yeah, this party went on from 2003 to 2006. I only went to the last one that happened in 2006 because I was just a little baby back at the time. A little baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby, baby, baby. <laughs> so I, I just, I just saw like how the event worked from that one experience. I was totally just loved the idea and everything. And then after moving here uh, and being here a couple years, I went up to Rampart Range Road where Together was. Which is amazing, yeah. by the way. Rampart Range Road is it's one of the first cascades of mountains that stretch from, or you could call them foothills even. I mean, it's cliffy mountains, whatever. But it stretches basically from the south side of Denver to all the way down to Colorado Springs on the first like range of mountains. And it's just acres and miles of... Uh, ATV trails it's you can camp for free anywhere and people it's just open to the public and uh, I went up there a few years ago to play a party and was exposed to it and like you just roll up here and throw a party and like nobody fucks with you like this is fucking crazy this stuff does not happen in the Midwest there's no cornfield you can go to no, where we, someone would not come and fucking get mad well, at you well because if you're in a cornfield you can see yeah <laughs> if, you're on the, if you're on top of a mountain no one's seeing that shit yeah <laughs> you're just, you're just miles away from anywhere yeah. where, or sound can't travel <laughs> and, and whatever so uh, yeah, uh, last year we did the first one, and it total—it's a total renegade situation. We don't ask for permission. We just—I love the word renegade, by the way. Yeah, that's what it is. It's <laughs> renegade as fuck. <laughs> we find a spot. We're like, yeah, I think this could host like two hundred people and like two sound systems. And he, last year we did that. We found a spot and went up there and threw the party and didn't see one officer or anything. And the party went off without a hitch and. Everything was awesome, so we came in to do it again this year. But, <laughs> but, but, yeah, <laughs> we went to do it again this year, and uh, the location we did last year, which we found our, ourselves, people who went to the party were like, oh, this is great, we'll use this spot too. So last summer, uh, there was a party up there called Seventh Dimension that happened, and that went off without a hitch, and uh, so this year... Uh, there was one party, I can't even remember what the fuck it was called, but it was several months ago. It was at the same spot, and I guess they didn't have any problems. And then uh, two weeks before together, at the spot where we were going to do it this year, 
there was that seventh dimension party again and actually me and my girlfriend went up there to play it and we pull up to the party and we get greeted by at the entrance by a, a fire marshal on his four-wheeler and we're like oh shit like this can't be and so what we found out is that apparently somebody was looking for this party because these parties, I mean, there's no like exact address. You literally have to follow directions to the exact spot, like resetting your odometer and whatnot. And some people were looking for that party and they rolled up on a ranger and the ranger's like, oh, what are you, what are you guys looking for? And the, these random people that we still don't know exactly who they fucking are were like, yeah, we're looking for the Burning Man party. And it just so happened that... Well, you're in the wrong state, buddy. <laughs> yeah. About a, about a month ago, or I, I mean, sometime midsummer, there was a super bad fire up by the uh, Netherlands, and I guess a bunch of houses got burned and shit. So there was a massive fire ban across Colorado. So when this person asked where the Burning Man party was, when there's a fire ban, the marshal went fucking crazy, found the party... And uh, he was happy to see that there were no fires. People were very nothing compliant. was burning. Yeah, nothing was burning. There was no. Fire. <laughs> they took a little bit too literally. But he was he like the look on his face is like, well, there's no fires here, but I'm just trying to wrap my head around how this is happening. Like he just could not believe that there was this many people in like a stage and the art and the organization. Like, so they talked with the the people who organized that event basically told them that they weren't going to shut it down but this is not this is not something you can do here again because of the the spot's location it's technically cars can't pull onto it because it's not an actual road so all the cars that were parked on there is wrong uh but they were like we're not gonna about to kick everybody out here and deal with that but just don't do this again unless you have a permit on a camp an actual campsite so we found that out i, I mean I was there for that event. Real quick. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, we cannot do it here again. <laughs> like, back to fucking square one. So me, uh, Derek Saucier, Cody Lusk, and Alex Johnson, we went up the following weekend, the weekend before together, to go scope it out. And I had a map this time. And we picked out, like, three different spots that were, like, two miles away from that original spot. And... Uh, we're like, all right, well, this is, we'll, we'll start, this is A, this is B, this is C. Because if some, if you roll up and someone's camping, like, if they don't want to move, can't they can't just throw a party right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so. Hey, uh, we're going to just uh, put these speakers right next to you. Yeah, and just throw some cool bass it. down. are <laughs> going to be some neighbors. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so they went up Wednesday uh, just to, to secure the spot, to make sure that we had it and no one was camped there. And uh, they got the first spot that we wanted. So they started setting up, and on Wednesday, there, there was already uh, rangers and uh, federal marshals who came by and saw what they were doing. And the reason why and th- that's going on is because, because of the fire ban. They're, like, they're, they're having to patrol. Like in the past years I've been up there, there's never been a fire ban. Were they so, from another state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they do. The, the federal marshals were brought in from, I think they said California. They from, yeah, like Tahoe like or something. Yeah. They, they bring in federal marshals to to patrol like every fucking campsite, which isn't the case if there's no ban. So that's how for sure we were found out like instantaneously. They, they saw what they were doing and they were, you know, they were okay with it and kind of just going along with it. So uh, yeah, I found out like, yeah, we have campsite A and we're in contact with the, we're in cahoots with them and like, okay, that's good news. 
And then on Friday morning, as I'm like packing up and about to leave, uh, I mean, I, we had like a caravan of us. We had to go pick up a generator. We had to pick up fucking porta potties. Had this fucking just line of cars and like equipment and shit. And I'm in my car alone. And I find out uh, Katie, Alex's uh, girlfriend, who they, they own the Glow Bus, which was the second stage at the party. She gives me a call as, as I'm driving down towards Colorado Springs. And she's like, yeah, so here's kind of a, an update of what's going on. So the federal marshals came down and caught us smoking weed. And because this is federal land, it is illegal to smoke weed. It's national forest. So, so technically, national forest is owned by the federal government. By the way, kids, this is where Ben shits his pants. <laughs> <laughs> the federal, <laughs> the federal marshals. Yeah, it's federal land, so therefore it's federally illegal. So they tell our sound guys and crew that are there setting up that. This gives us the right to search any person and any vehicle, At box, any anything. Yeah. We have probable cause to search any single person that comes up here. So I find that information <laughs> out. I'm about to have a meltdown. But she's like, there's good news. She said, we, we're going to... Uh, I'm driving into town right now because the ranger told us we could get a free permit to do this. To be okay with the amount of people we're having, because if you have more than seventy-five people, then it's it's a uh, that's when you have to have a permit. So she's like, oh, "The permit's free," and they said insurance will only be like one hundred sixty bucks. So like, okay, that that's relieving. That's really, that's very relieving. Okay, I, if we're legit and compliant with them, that's cool. But the whole time I'm like, oh, the other thing she told me is that we're not. No one's allowed to smoke cigarettes outside because that is a fire hazard. Which is harsh, especially at a party. Yeah. <laughs> so in Colorado, in nature, at a fucking three-day festival with two stages, and we're supposed to keep anyone from smoking weed or from smoking cigarettes. Including the DJs. Yeah. Who just want to fucking smoke cigarettes the entire time they're playing. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Any DJ who smokes wants to smoke the entire time that they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a harsh statement when you hear it. Dude, you can't smoke. Oh, You cannot God. smoke when you're playing right now. <laughs> but it's the Sorry. Booth. But it's the booth. It's like the smoking room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I yeah. thought we had like, you know, like our area. We could do what we want to do. No, you can't. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Oh, totally. So... I, I hang up the phone with her. I'm like, okay, well, at least we're getting those permits. But, but I'm just having, I'm like, there's no way we're going to keep people from smoking Colorado, or weed in Colorado on top of cigarettes. And they, they said if they see, if they walk up and they see somebody smoking a cigarette, it's a $300 fine on the spot. So Boom. I'm like, there's no way that this is going to work. Like, I'm not going to be able to keep 200 people from not doing those things at the party because that's what they do at parties. <laughs> so I, uh, I keep driving and I get a, another call from Katie and she tells me that, so they said permits take like at least two to three days. So there's no way they could do this. So we're not going to have a permit. But the lady did tell me that the site that we are on, technically the road leading up to the campsite, which was about 0.9 miles from the entrance to the to the actual opening and campsite, 
those are two separate campsites. So she's like, as long as you have 75 people in one campsite and 75 in the other, what you're doing isn't wrong or illegal. And there's no, there's no sound ordinances, so there's nothing against us having those sound systems there. So, <laughs> so, so she came to an agreement with the lady and was like, just write A and B on different people's hands. So if they come into count... They can be like, all right, we have 75 and A and 75, or, or however it would work. So that's, we're like, okay, we'll go with that. I'm like, we don't have the permits now, but here we fucking go. So, yeah, the, I mean, the party went on. The music started at about six o'clock on Friday. Uh, and this was, yeah, July 29th through the 31st, by the way. So last yes, weekend sir. in July. Yeah, at the door we had waiver raver or <laughs> waiver ravers, waiver ravers, Wa raver wavers. Yeah, <laughs> things that basically said that if you hurt yourself up here, it's not our fault, and you're an idiot for doing. If you it. hurt yourself, yeah. you're fucking stupid. Yeah, you're yeah. just dumb. You can't sue us, or you, you don't belong in Colorado yeah. if you hurt yourself. You're here basically. at your own risk. You literally just like get the fuck out of the state at that point. Yep. <laughs> and we were very, we were brutally honest with everybody that came in and just stressed, like, the importance. Like, if you're going to smoke cigarettes, smoke them in your car. If you have to smoke weed, fucking walk off into the fucking woods. Like, you're going to shit. Go into the forest. Like, if they smell weed, like, everything is over. So, we, everybody was super awesome and fucking respectful and, and listened. And that first night. Dude, I, I was blown away how respectful everybody mm -hmm. was of these rules actually yeah it was absolutely insane and it all it really ended up like unforeseenly contributed to the vibe because people were on their fucking best behavior no cigarettes uh, uh, yeah like nobody nobody was doing shit in the open like people were just fucking respectful and honestly and yeah that first night the you partied elsewhere and you listened to music yeah that's exactly. what it was like do anything it was awesome yeah completely and uh I, I did skip a part as i was driving up to the spot on rampart range road uh a ranger was coming down and stopped my car and it was actually i mean i found out later that's the ranger they'd been dealing with all weekend and he's like stop me and i rolled down my window and he's like where are you going and i was like i'm headed to uh, 929 which is the name of number yeah. of the campsite we were at and he's like <clears throat> He's like, are you one of the promoters? <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, I'm helping throw throw the event or organize it, yeah. I'm going there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going there. He's like, he's like, I'll see you tonight. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, it even just like I said, that was the second time you shit yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he... Uh, <clears throat> So they yeah the first night they were supposed to come back at ten o'clock and we yeah we beat that in everyone's head, and uh, they never showed up that that night which was nice and but still everybody was on high alert. Uh, the next the next day like they would come by, they came by several times probably like four or five times. I was there a couple times. Yeah, and, and every every time they would come, we we're all on radios and someone would walk down the road and be. They able were to, so cool though. Yeah yeah just give a warning and they were the coolest fucking people. They honestly. Really, they rolled up into this event and, and saw what it was, and they're people who can recognize a good time when they see it. That, <laughs> and they also recognize that they're not going to do anything, they're harmless. They're, they're, they're not going to harm the land, they're not going to do anything stupid. Yeah. And if they do, 
we're like a block away. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> but yeah. no, they were super chill. Yep. They were super, super chill. They were handing out badges at one point. Yeah, yeah. That's the, yeah, that was the next thing I was going to say. So everything's going good. Uh, me and my girlfriend, Rhiannon, were tagging on the uh, bus uh, mid-afternoon <clears throat> on Saturday. And I see, like, the, the main ranger dude that talked to me as well as, like, a couple of his buddies. And, like, all these people are flocking to him that are on the dance floor. And they're handing out something. And I was like, what are they handing out? And someone's like, dude, they're handing it's out. It's drugs, bro. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you guys are partying hard enough. <laughs> and they were handing out these little fucking, like, mini, like, sheriff pins that said, like, Smokey the Bear's, like, uh, honorary fire mar fire uh fire marshal fire marshal yeah <laughs> fire marshal bill and so he was like everybody was getting them you know and they're like yeah so then uh uh my friend nicole I, I i found out later told the guys like the guy who's djing right now he really needs a pin so the, the while i was djing the ranger came up on the bus and like <laughs> hey i was told to pin this on you and fucking pin the fucking pin on me like while i was djing amazing i i yeah i was like yeah my blue blockers on because i literally fucking started crying there i'm like all right like well you look guy... you had your blue blockers on yeah so was... you, didn't, you didn't even see him coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just wasn't blue <laughs> yeah, to go from this guy telling us we have the right to search any person and anyone if we smell weed, if we say cigarettes, this is over. Like to go from that guy saying that to, to coming up friends. in the middle of our party and the and to pin it on me, <laughs> it was it was pretty fucking fantastic, man. It, it was, was honestly the party of the year. Mm -hmm. It was the dopest thing I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, with with that man, we had it, it. It went off from there. Like, I mean, I actually remember coming off that bus, like, pretty hammered. Like, did you see him pin that on me? This party's about to be set on fire. And I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a no, bad choice, actually, because that's why he was here. Yeah, <laughs> this party's about to go off. Is what I meant. <laughs> Poor choice of words. <laughs> So yeah, this year together we had sixty over sixty DJs uh, from like seven different states. Let me see if I can remember. We had Washington, people, yeah, people from Washington State, New Mexico, Tennessee, California, Iowa, Minnesota, and Colorado, of course. But we had people from all over the place come in. Nobody got paid a dime. Everybody just came in to to party and hang. Uh, the main stage sound was. Insane, fucking insane. <laughs> On, sorry, I have to interject here. It was the best sound system I played on in years. Honestly, the best sound system in years. Like it bumped. <laughs> no, it did. It bumped. Oh yeah. Like it was fucking crazy. Yeah. How ins like, I didn't expect that sound at all. And then I walked up. We we well, sorry. We drove up. We got there. We set up camp. Went up there. And I was like, "What? This is the fucking sound? You've got to be kidding on me!" Like, dude, I want to play on this now. I had to wait fucking hours. I had to wait fucking eight hours to play on this fucking sound system. Oh, it hurt so bad. Oh my god. That was that, it. Was that good? Yeah. 
And uh, our, our main sound was, uh, I wish I could fucking remember the name of his company, but uh, Peter Board, uh, who helped do the party as well, uh, his roommate, Darren, who has been, uh, he, he builds his own turbo sound. He's out of uh, Minnesota. And uh, actually, even further was this past weekend. And he did the sound for the main stage there. And uh, the subs that were at our at our main stage, there were, were there. There were four subs. Yeah, there were four subs at our main stage. Their main stage, at even further, was thirty six of those. So, so I have a story <laughs> for you. I have a story for you. Yeah. So, Jan had played in the Midwest a long time ago. Jan von Leer. Mm-hmm. I was at that party. Undisclosed location. He played on the second stage. He was telling me about. They had like 18 of those things on the main stage, and he played on one. He played on the main He though. played on the second stage that had like half those subs and said it was like the most insane sound yeah. system he's ever played on in his entire life. Mm-hmm. So that's just a basis of how insane the sound was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had four of them at our party. At even further, they had 36 of these. And this is my buddy Darren, or Pete's roommate. He's built all these. He doesn't paint them. I guess they got painted for even further, but they're just like... That's the craziest thing. I, lo- I looked at these things. I'm like, what is this? What is this? What are these little like, these weird, are not- like pale boxes that they have in front of the DJs? <laughs> and all you had to do was hear the bass. Yeah. It was fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, dude, it's yeah, fucking it was, nuts. It, it sounded crazy. And then uh, Derek, Derek Saucier did the booth. Like he, he, he had. It was like a quadraphonic sound of booth. It was, it was retarded. I took, <laughs> I took Mandy in the booth at one point. And said, Mandy, look, you heard outside. You heard outside the booth. Look at the booth. Yeah. Look at the booth. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> It was a DJ stage for sure. It was like, I literally almost like, I almost jerked off. It was that insane. It was that insane. The sound was that good. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had two of those subs down at the uh, Globa stage, which is uh, a mobile DJ stage that uh, one of my best friends in the world, Alex, uh, bought a handicap bus for a thousand bucks and converted it into a mobile DJ stage. And... That was our second stage, which was fucking awesome as well. Uh, but other than that, who, what uh, do you have any sets that stuck out in your mind or moments or experiences uh, yeah. from the weekend? <clears throat> yeah, fucking several. Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, Tess destroyed. He played all vinyl, mm-hmm. old school techno stuff, and it was fucking amazing. Um, Shay Delaney killed it on the house end. Like, really, really killed it. Mm-hmm. Showed Peter up late. Board destroyed. What's that? Showed up late. Yeah, showed up. <laughs> yeah. Shay, I'm going to throw this in there. You did show up late. I did get to play a couple extra tracks, but I was hoping to take your whole time slot. Um, but uh, yeah, Peter Board killed it. Cruise Control destroyed. Honestly, I didn't hear a bad set the entire time I was there we didn't get there till Saturday around 3 in the afternoon but everything I heard was was killer it was a great fucking time like everyone just came and they brought their shit 
Mm-hmm. They fucking destroyed every single fucking person. Just, they brought it. Yeah. They brought it. I mean, I, I can't argue that. It, it was great. All around. I was so fucking busy that weekend. I, I definitely didn't get to enjoy as many sets as I wanted to, but... Did you're the promoter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened. My set was pretty damn good, but... I wish I would have fucking <laughs> seen it, motherfucker. Where were you? I Where's right the recording? A- I was right after Tess. <laughs> oh, I was really drunk at that point. <laughs> <laughs> that was what? I think like two two or three. Yeah. I think you it was played three, after Tess? Four, yeah. Three to four I played. Oh, I'm an <laughs> asshole. I just... I just ruined this whole podcast. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> what a fucking this dick. Off. Turn what a fucking off. dick. Fuck this guy. Well, no, that guy after Tess was really good, too. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dick. I Snapchatted it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I caught a moment. But yeah, uh, uh, there's ones I got to see, which uh, Federici from... Uh, hey, you missed my set, too, so fuck you. It is true. <laughs> we're, we're fucking even now, so... Now we just have to tag together and it'll make everything right. No, it's all good. Cause my set's coming up after the this, oh, all, all this talking BS. Yeah, yeah. You might as well fast forward now. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, yeah, sets I saw, uh, or I got, like, the ones I got a chance to see. Featherici, one of me and my girlfriend's favorites. It was an honor having him up. Him and Kate Lester came up from New Mexico. Kate played some awesome ambient music on the second stage and uh my buddy hood tech who mixes like glitch with techno uh the first night was ended up playing for like three hours on the bus i heard i, I caught a good chunk of that and that was fucking really good a lot jealous of compliments on that three hours dude that's the way to go but man if you would have stayed through monday i mean we're so i wish busy. i could have we, we don't played, make me feel bad we played about music it. until friggin like yeah i saw the photos three in the morning on monday we uh sunday night we we had a, a little calm down and a little ceremony, but we all listened to Dark Side of the Moon, like 18 Are of you us fucking on that sound me? That's my favorite album of all time, by the way. And my, by the way, that. everyone, Ben is wearing a Veil shirt, and it's a mountain. It's the Dark Side of the Moon album cover, but it's Veil going into fucking sound waves. Speaking Fuck. of, yeah, God yeah. damn it. So that was cool, yeah. To hear thanks, dark, thanks, buddy. To hear dark you just side, rub that one in. To hear dark side on on that level of sound was pretty unique. Honestly, Although, people like we're not just exaggerating because the party was awesome. The sound was literally the best sound I've probably ever played on. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. I'm serious. Like that was amazing. Mm-hmm. The second I got there, I w- all I did was talk about the sound, and I told my wife. And I told Brooke, I cannot wait to play on this fucking sound system. This is going to be the highlight of my fucking year. This is going to be so good. Hell yeah. And it was. And it was. Fuck yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, we could we could keep talking about this shit for fucking days. But I yeah. think we kind of covered the definite basics. And just to give you a kind of idea of what went on up in the mountains. Um <clears throat> But I, I know I've thanked everybody, and I couldn't thank everybody enough, but thanks to everybody who came to Together this year and made it what it was, the level of respect, the level of, of community, the music, like everything was just on point. And I'm, I'm so grateful to, to have a vision come alive and have it 
mean this much to so many people. It's 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 only motivation to to make this better and bigger next year. So yeah, thanks again to everybody who came, who volunteered, who played, who contributed lights, who who anything. Thank you so much for everybody's help. Uh, we're we're planning on doing it again next year. Uh, this year we are definitely going the route of um, uh, private land because I I'm just not dealing with the stress of <laughs> Benny's heart can't federal marshal this Benny's heart cannot handle the stress. <laughs> I mean, understandably, I need to be able to sleep, <laughs> and I could not sleep at that party <laughs> with the amount of worry on my fucking shoulders. So. Uh, we are planning a together decompression party at Echo House in Denver here uh, October 8th. So mark your calendars, guys. We're going to come back together and, and reminisce and, and tell stories. And we're going to have a, a two-stage indoor-outdoor event at Echo House uh, Yeah, on October 8th. Uh, the Glow Bus will be the out, outdoor stage. Um, it'll be kind of the same vibe and uh, ideas behind together. So October 8th, market calendars. Uh, there, a lot, kids. A lot more news coming up on that. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably enough to uh, talk about together for now, though. But uh, let's, let's talk about you, fucking Mankey. No one wants to talk about me. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're not a native, as I, I found out. I, th I thought you were, but <clears throat> so no. you, you were born in the Midwest. I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm technically, a, I've lived here since I was five. That's about it. That's all I can say. I've lived here since I was five years old. I grew up here. So I you was went born to, in Milwaukee. Did you Wisconsin. go to preschool in Milwaukee, or did you do preschool out here? I don't remember. Do, don't I don't remember <laughs> preschool. I don't remember any of that shit. <laughs> you expected to remember so you that? School. Well, I mean school. Did you your first no, steps? No, all school my school was stuff all was all here. That okay. was all here. Okay. That, that was all here. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you weigh when you were four? Um. Well, <laughs> I was about two pounds. And seven ounces, and I was four years old, raining out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here comes Josh Mankey with the big monster truck tires. <laughs> so where did you move to in Colorado when you were five then? Uh, Fort Collins. We lived in Fort... I've lived in, I lived in Fort Collins from the age of five to like 23, 24, maybe. I don't know. Is it, so you met, so you were there that long, you, did you meet, I know I talked to Devin about this, it's been a while, but I never met him? Devin there, um, I met a lot of, a lot of people that are from there, as far as DJs and shit go in the scene, in Fort Collins, and then I left Fort Collins to stay on point with those guys, basically. Okay. Gotcha. Well, we'll get to, to that. To try and get in with, with all of them. And right on. Shit. All right. So what, growing up, what was, what was childhood like? What kind of stuff were you into? Hobbies? <clears throat> um, I played hockey. I, I did a lot of sports. I played pretty much any sport you could fucking imagine. Hockey was my main sport. That was like my jam. That's why I'm a Red Wings fan and not an Avalanche fan because I played hockey and I've been a Red Wings fan since I started playing hockey because hmm. we didn't have a hockey team here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. All right, here we go. 
I, I was a Blackhawks fan when I oh, first started. Jesus. Yeah, what a piece of shit. <laughs> that was only for like two years. <laughs> and I was like seven. I didn't know any better. <laughs> um, but no, I, I've always been a hockey fan. It's mm-hmm. just what I do. It's just, it's fun. I like things that are fast. When's the last time you played? The last time I played was probably like, probably eight years ago. And it was like roller hockey, mm-hmm. like a rollerblade hockey. And that was a blast because I was the only one who could stop on rollerblades. Yeah. Like hockey stop. <laughs> I couldn't uh, spread the yeah. ice on people, but I could still stop and like no one else could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was the last time I, I, did, I did the hockey thing. And I love it so much. Yeah. And it's a blast. It's just fun. Like I like sing, things that are flat, like oh, fast, yeah. fast. Cause it, that's why I like techno music, because mm-hmm. it's fucking fast. The Midwest, man, that's, dude, I didn't even think about that, though. Like, I mean, growing up, I used to play pond hockey, like, every fucking... That's what we did when we were kids, man. No, 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 that's what I was just thinking. I'm like, dude, it'd be fucking badass. Like, but who else do we know that like, would be able to do that? And I didn't, in the grow Midwest. Playing, I didn't grow up playing pond hockey in the Midwest. I grew yeah. up playing pond hockey in Fort Collins. <laughs> like, we actually got this small little group of kids to do this. Yeah, yeah. My parents did. And we played on a pond and it cut up our skates and like, it fucked our skates up for the games. <laughs> but we still had a blast doing oh, it. Yeah. it. It it taught me how to shoot a puck. We used but, to, I mean, we used to, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we, I mean, we used to, we didn't have money for fucking like all the gear. We would like duct tape couch cushions to <laughs> and, and like, people definitely went to the hospital a couple times from getting a puck to I definitely game. went to the hospital but I always had pads I always had like proper pads so we were playing proper hockey like, yeah, yeah when I was like 14 we started hitting each other so like we definitely had proper we had to have proper pads or else yeah. we were just fucking each other up which we were trying to do anyways yeah I remember leaving games when I was like 16 years old and having like half a sheet of acid and dropping acid after the game because I got in a fight. I'd be like all pissed off, so I just drop acid and go punk rock out. Like <laughs> in high school? Yeah, high school. Because <laughs> I was a fucking asshole and I was like, fuck you, I'm gonna fight you to get, because I don't wanna play the game right now, so I'd fucking punch you in the face, get mm-hmm. kicked out of the game, go to the locker room, drop acid, go listen to techno. <laughs> fucking, that's what we did. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic, man. Uh, punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> you had siblings growing up? A sister, yes. It's older or younger? Younger sister. Younger sister. I have a younger sister. Um, she's actually having her second child. Damn. Actually, I probably should be saying this right now. How younger? Um, she, she's like uh, three years younger okay. than me. Right on. But um, I'm going to have a nephew or niece coming up. I already have an awesome nephew named Sawyer who's... The fucking shit, coolest dude I know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's fucking. Yeah, well, dope. what's great about being the only uncle is you're the favorite uncle. Well, that. <laughs> well, I'm not the only uncle. Oh. Okay. I. Oh, that's true. That's true. That he's my only him. nephew. Yeah. But I am the favorite uncle. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just. <clears throat> they call me Funkel. Funkel. The Funkel. <laughs> That's the DJ alias, man. Or, the Funkle. Or the production alias, you should The Funkle. The Funkle. Funkle Mankey. The Funkle. <laughs> okay, so growing up, 
what kind of music were you exposed to? You didn't have obviously have older siblings, but did, what your parents did you listen? My parents, <clears throat> my dad is actually like a musician. He uh, he's a guitar player, plays piano, does all kinds of shit. A lot of blues, a lot of a lot of rock, a lot of rock. Like I was a huge huge Doors fan. Um, because of your dad. That was more on my own. He's mm-hmm. more. He's always been a blues guy. Okay. Like really soulful, like just in your face, like just fun, just jamming stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of soul. Um, for me, the music thing, when I found myself, it was honestly, it was like punk rock. Mm-hmm. No effects, Up Ivy, all that old stuff. Then I got into hardcore punk, sang in a band for a while. I was lost for a minute. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what music I liked. I didn't know what was what, what was up, what was down with music. Did you play instruments? I played trumpet in junior high, but that didn't mean much to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't do much for me. It was like, all right, this is something to do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after punk rock, like I kind of got burned out on it. And then I found myself listening to like really underground hip-hop because Fort Collins had, has quite a scene for that. But that was a really short period of time. And then all of a sudden, my buddy's like, hey, you should come to a party. I'm like, what? A party? I go, to, I go to parties all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I said, I'm like, he's like, no, you should come to like a real party. Which buddy's this? And he's like, well, all right, fucking, I'm like, all right, I'll check this out. I'm fucking drunk right now. I just came from another party. Let's go do this. So he drives me down to Denver. (laughs) I'm about to get real, real here. Um, (laughs) We're in line for the party, and he fucking gives me a pill. Where at? The Ozitlan Theater. And anyone from Denver will know what this place is. No idea. Old school Denver. Um, so I drop a pill in line. First time? First time ever. <clears throat> First time ever. Were you expecting it? I didn't know what the fuck it was, dude. I was just, drunk. I was like, that. dude, like, fucking, all right, let's just try this shit. Let's see what the fuck Here happens. So 20 fucking minutes later, I get into the party, and it's a Halloween party fucking rolling face i'm like dude what the fuck is this how old are you i was 19 years old i was like what the fuck is this this is fucking crazy i've never seen anything like this so my buddy takes me upstairs and we just sit down and just sit there and watch people just watch i just watch everyone just go fucking crazy next thing i know there i am one of those crazy ass fucking people. My buddy gets me backstage. <laughs> and I'm dancing on stage. I've never listened to techno music. Actually, I had heard it once before, and I fucking hated it. So I'm a punk rocker. And yeah, that was it. Do you remember? Who, that was it. What year was that then? That was 99. Then 99. And then what, uh, do you remember who was at the party or was it just locals or? I have the flyer actually. Um, that's huge. 
No, I do. I actually, I, no, I have a box huge. full of flyers in the garage. Oh, I have a whole yeah. box. I I'm saved a, every flyer. I'm a from flyer like, horde. I'm man. a horror as well, dude. <laughs> I have every have... flyer from '99 to like fucking yep. 2010. One day I will shit. have a trophy room that is just the. We the had that when we were DJing. Yeah. Like when I first started DJing, we just hung them all on the wall. Like that—that that was our background. Yeah. That was our wallpaper. That's yeah. what we fucking did. And I, I took all those fuckers down and I, I put them in a box and I still have them. Uh, it was a Halloween party and I can't remember the fucking name of it. I do remember fucking um, the Method Men. They were called the Method Men. Method and they Man. were playing. And they were straight techno. And they were fucking insane. <laughs> they were fucking nuts. It was like, it changed my life. How many people? The Ozzetlon wasn't that big. It only had to be like maybe. There's two rooms though. Yeah, but like, I don't even know if there was two rooms then. There was an upstairs and a downstairs. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it was like, fucking, and this is Andy Kosick, by the way. I told him I'd give him an honorable mention on this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like he, he literally changed my life, man. Like he fucking. Brought me to that party, and yeah, the Method Men changed my fucking life that night. <laughs> it was crazy. It was fucking crazy, and I was hooked instantly, mm-hmm. just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I remember saying, like, to some dude at that party, like, oh, this is some hardcore shit. And he's like, no, this isn't hardcore. This is techno. <laughs> I, was like, I literally remember this guy saying that. I was like, this is some hardcore shit, because I didn't know what it was. I just oh, said, no this idea. is hardcore shit, because it was fucking slamming in your face stuff. And I was a punk rocker, so I was like, fucking, yeah, this is hardcore shit. And he's like, yeah, dude, this isn't hardcore, this is techno. <laughs> that's awesome. But no, that, that's a true story. Andy will, yeah, will, 100%. will rectify that story 100%. So, from that night, were you like, I want to be the DJ? Like, well, I started you... playing Hard House. After that, but I did want to be the DJ. Like later. after that, you're like. No, that want... took a few parties actually. It took a few. That took that took a little while, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh man, I want to fucking do this. Like I want to be a fucking DJ, and um, yeah, it took a little while, and then fucking, my buddy Andy bought a fucking setup because I couldn't afford it. You know, he fucking bought Were some turntables. He bought college techs. At the time? Are you no. still in high school? No, that, or you just, it just happened. I never went to college. It just fucking happened. Yeah, yeah. He bought um, some techniques and some shitty little mixer, and we fucking started rocking out. And I'm not gonna lie, I started playing hard house. I didn't start with techno. I started with fucking hard house. That was the jam in college. So vinyl, right? John Bishop and shit. Like that was the jam. What was that? Vinyl. Yeah, vinyl. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Yeah, I. Yeah, definitely vinyl. Definitely vinyl. Um, I'm grabbing our beer. Need one? No, don't stop it. It'll take two seconds. You're stupid! Give the duck my name! No, but, um. So I started the hard house. Then I went to um, Electro House for a long time. And then I got into the Tech House stuff. But I always 
collected techno along the line for some weird reason. Because I was always playing like 135. I, I started at 142 BPM. Wow. 142 BPM. I, that's where I, yeah. Pew! Like fucking in your face, 142 BPM. So techno always kind of fit. Mm-hmm. Especially back then. Like techno always kind of fit. So I was always collecting techno. And it was there, but it just wasn't my forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, but from from there on out, I always liked the fast music because I knew it would do a slow pace for a while. Mm-hmm. Electro House was my thing for a minute. And then I got really techy. Mm-hmm. What was the state of the scene in Denver when you, in, I guess in 99, and, and started to get involved? Like, what, what was the scene like? Fucking retarded. Yeah. Like, in your face retarded like huge if you were into it the scene was fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. if you weren't into it you didn't know about it you didn't know anything about it but if you were into it it was probably I can't say it's bigger than it ever was but it was huge I mean there was parties back then and it wasn't based on one style of music it was based on you'd have a drum and bass, techno, house, fucking trance, everything wrapped in one party. Just mm-hmm. squished into one fucking party. But everyone loved every aspect of what was going on. It was a totally different scene. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it is now where kids are like, oh, I like this, I like that, I like this, I like that. Back then, everyone was into everything. They yeah. were into electronic music. You were into they, raves. They, they were yeah. into raves. Yep. Like, I want to party. Yep. Let's fucking do this. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to fucking party. <laughs> I'm going to collect vinyl and I'm going to fucking party. That's what you fucking did. Collect vinyl, fucking party. That's all you did back then. <laughs> Class of 99. <laughs> if you were really into it anyways. Not every kid was doing that, but if you were really into yeah. it. I'm going to collect vinyl. I'm going to fucking party. Most of them are. It's like 90%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're into it, you're really fucking into it. Yeah, yeah, either in or you're not. Um, No, I remember parties like fucking Richie Hot played, fucking Green Velvet played, Cashmere played. Donald Glott was like the gem that would just come around and kill it all the time. Oh, his energy was fucking insane back in the day arms yeah just like you did arms in the fucking air scratching like a motherfucker we're playing house and techno left and right and just fucking destroying it like fucking 138 bpm (laughs) just fucking killing it Mm -hmm. um and it's funny because that's kind of coming back around i actually played with um with cruise control last weekend you were there for the beginning of it at the end you weren't there so all right, kids, I'm, I'm grabbing a record here. Hang in there, kids. So I played this. Pumping? Pumping by Novian Eniac from 1999. This track was written. And this track destroyed the entire night. <laughs> it's 2016, and this track owned the entire <laughs> fucking night. And they had no idea. Well, no, some did. Some, well, I mean, some did. Yeah. Some did. Most. And they thanked me for it. And then the others, also, were like, "What the, what the fuck was that? That's insane." 
That's awesome. But no, it's, it's just one of those classic tracks that owns. And Donald Glaud used to play the shit out of that back in the day. How so? You started DJing and everything. How did you get involved? Like, how did you get yourself exposed or booked for your first gigs? Did you throw parties or how, yeah? How'd you how'd you merge yourself with the the momentum of the scene that was already going? So that's I lived in Fort Collins for a long time, and that was to always trying to get here to Denver. There was DJs that idolized Ty Tech, White Herb, Nutmeg. Big time fucking nutmegs, like still one of my favorite DJs still of all time. Here. Kent is fucking amazing. It took a long time actually, because I came from Fort Collins, so I had to come. I had to move to Denver to actually do anything with it. Because mm-hmm. Fort Collins, you fucking play a DJ gig, and it was like, oh, what? Where the fuck is Snoop Dogg? Like, where the fuck is <laughs> Dr. Dre? Like. It's it's a bunch of college kids. They don't want they want to hear top forty. They don't want to hear fucking techno house, fucking hard house, whatever the fuck I was playing back then, electro, all that shit. They don't want to hear that. So I had to move to Denver just to get to that place. I mean, it took quite a long time. I would say when I really got anywhere, and it took a long fucking time for me, was uh when I got put in the Beatport Lounge. Preston Douglas was running the night at the time, and I brought Subfractal in. Oh, shit. And no one knew who the fuck they were. I actually met them in Detroit at Movement and said, hey, I'm going to bring you to Denver, and brought them to Denver, and that's really when shit started to pop off, because Punches just started to get going as well. And what year is this? I would say like 2011, maybe, 2010. Roughly, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. But uh, yeah, Poochas st- just started their residency at Beta at the time. Or like right, yeah, literally right then. And I threw a show at the same time, luckily enough. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much when it really started to pop off for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I played a bunch of gigs and shit, but it was just like, yeah, house parties. Mm-hmm. Which is our. Uh, Honestly, I still love house parties. Oh, it's a yeah. blast. Who doesn't love playing that fucking house party? Oh, yeah. You do whatever the fuck you want. It's a blast. So, was this before or after 2040? Oh, well after. Well after. See, honestly, that's what I should say. That's when I first started getting involved. I'm going to backtrack right now. 2040 was when I first started getting involved. Um, DJ Ascension really got me into it with, as long, like, as well with, like, it was me and Ascension and Devin Gilmer and Shay Delaney. They'd been around for a while. They involved me in the group when I first moved to Denver. You just met those guys through going to parties? Or? I'd known Shay for fucking ever, dude. I've you known Shay since I was, like, fucking 19. He's the one that got me in on, on 2040. I met Devin through that. Um, Matthew Bryan was the main guy who brought me on to that. But that was like the old church days. Like we used to play the church. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Orloff, that was another guy. Yeah. Um, but that—that's when we like. That's when I really started to get a little bit recognized. Sorry, I didn't mean to backtrack like oh, that. It's all good. But um, it's yeah, the twenty forty was the, yeah. That was that was basically the start to my Denver, Denver, uh, recognition, if you want to call it that. But yeah. Yeah. So how long after getting in like involved with this did you 
say, I need to move to fucking Denver? Or when did you move to Denver? Ten years ago. Because I wanted to DJ. That's what I wanted to do. And that's when I became a part of 2040. It's like 2006-ish. Yeah, roughly. And then, um... I mean... After, like, beta just opened towards the end of 2040. And me and Devin started to play techno. And people that were involved in 2040 didn't like that we were playing techno because that wasn't their thing. They They were more electro-oriented? Mainstream, I would say. Oh, really? For, like, the church? They were church church vinyl stuff like that so, yeah. and I'm not talking trash about that shit that's just the way it was then yeah that's yeah. just the way it was mm-hmm. um and we started leaning more towards techno stuff and from there that's when we created like just us mm-hmm. and everything we like branched off and this is like probably two years later we branched off and like started the just us thing and that was techno oriented because you guys were that's all we wanted to do you wanted it's yeah all, yeah like, that's like is... that was it like this is like and like i said click? i dabbled in it and i loved it because i always liked the fast music but mm-hmm. it was like this is when i literally fell in love with did you go to detroit at that point i had not yet oh man which is bullshit. Yeah. Which is for fucking me, bullshit, for people. people. Like us. You all know this is fucking bullshit. I know you're all. Yes. Anyways. Detroit fans is 99. Fuck you. <laughs> um. So. So Mandy took me for my my first time. And by the way, I'm gonna backtrack once again. Yeah. Aaron Lee was in Just Us with us. And Aaron Lee introduced me to my wife. Yeah. Because they're both from Omaha. I actually found this out on Aaron Lee's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron like Lee February. introduced me to my fucking wife. Yeah. That's what's trippy about this and podcast. And Aaron Lee, I will always love you for this. <laughs> always. Um, after that, my life fucking changed. Because <laughs> my wife... <laughs> You all know she's crazy. Either know her or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, she knows what's up, man. Mm-hmm. She really knows what the fuck is up. <laughs> like, it makes me want to cry how bad she knows what's up. <laughs> that girl knows what's up. And she really, like, introduced me to, like, real deal fucking... Let's go to Detroit. She took me to Detroit my first fucking time. She'd been before? Fucking, she went to like the first one or some oh. shit. <laughs> Seasoned veteran. Yeah. From Nebraska. Yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> what do you know, Omaha? I'm like, you don't know shit. Yeah, what do you know, I'm like, Omaha? oh. I grew oh, up in Oh, wait, Colorado. never mind. I don't know shit. Um, so Midwesterners. She changed my fucking life, man. <laughs> We went for the first time, and I was like... What year was this? So I've been with her for seven and a half years. So my, my timeline's all so fucked fuck, up here. So fuck, man. It wasn't until like... 2009. 
I went in 2008, so I beat you by one year. You beat me. Ne- you this, did. This you next, did. You beat next, me on a this, fucking year. I, I only live eight hours away, though. <laughs> no, like, she she brought me that. No, it was 2008. So my timeline's fucked up here, guys, like, with some of the stuff you just mm-hmm. heard. Don't believe um, a word he says. Don't believe anything. <laughs> I'm a fucking liar. No, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it was seven years ago. For the first, she's like, "Hey, you gotta go to Detroit with me." I'm like, "I always heard about it. I heard it's really cool." She's like, "No, we're going." <laughs> there was nobody there that year. Not nobody there compared to now. There was nobody there. Oh yeah. And I'm like, "What? This is the dopest fucking. This is the dopest music. It, it literally changed." Do you remember how much you paid? Fucking forty-five dollars. Yeah, forty-five thir- fucking dollars for the whole weekend. Thirty-five bucks. My Forty? first, my first year. This does high fiving right now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I said this on the podcast plenty of times. But my first year, yeah, 2008, 35 bucks for my ticket. It went up 10 bucks. And I saw fucking Dead Mouse on the Beatport stage at six o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> like that's how long ago. Like you can't fucking see that Dude, guy outside a, of a fucking stadium now. It, it, instead, it, outside of Madison Square yeah. fucking garden <laughs> for like a hundred bucks. Like, I remember that year because it was like fucking. It oh, was it was year. literally life changing for me. Cause that dude was that the year Adam Bear. It was like yeah, Adam Bear, Damian Lazarus, Damian Lazarus, Tiga, Tiga, Tiga fucking Bear. destroyed that, that year. Second year, Tiga destroyed. Tiga fucking that was probably musically my second favorite year to this year. This, dude, it was so this year fucking was good. It was so good, dude. No, Tiga. Was mind blowing that year. Yeah, like the B port stage alone was fucking. Boy, that's generally that the consensus. It's hard to even leave. But stage. the best part was, is I all I knew all these motherfuckers from Denver that still owned Beatport at the time. Yeah. So they gave me wristbands, and Mandy. So we just fucking ran a rampage on that whole motherfucker. Free drinks everywhere we fucking went. Like just like Didn't not everywhere we went, but backstage. It was just fucking Wasn't retarded. Wasn't it Chris Liebing who closes out the stage that year? The B-Port stage? The main stage or the B-Port the stage? B-port. I don't know if Chris played that year. Uh, fuck, who was it? Because the first year was Dubfire that closed out that stage. This, I remember just... I don't know who... I don't remember yeah. who closed it out. It was just an Regardless, awesome fucking yeah. year. It wasn't overcrowded, and it was just a fucking blast. Mm-hmm. I had the time of my fucking life. Mm-hmm. And it... It changed my life. Oh, like, yeah. literally, I went back. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Manny went to Omaha that, like, she, so she left to go see her parents, and I went back to Denver that year. And I just went straight back to the decks. And it changed my fucking life. And this, this is when the Dirty Bird crew first started as well. Oh, yeah. Because they played, they played a show. No, that was the second year I went. Oh, when Clyde played? Yes. On the, closed out the B-Port stage? This, the no, the, no, 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 no. I'm talking about when Justin and Christian played in After Hours. Oh, okay. My my buddy Scott, who who runs Flatline, fucking was just about to bring him to Denver when they first came about. Yeah. When they were like nobody. And they just fucking destroyed. Oh, Detroit was so much fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be how, the same. How many years have you gone then? I've only gone three. Three? I quit going after. I went three years in a row, and I was like, this is getting a little too crowded for me. I started seeing Deadmau shirts. 
all over the place, and I was like, it was I don't know. The most crowded it has been was last year. Like last year was Which obnoxiously packed, but this year, dude, it was. You just had to go to the fucking front, front left, front whatever. You just need to go to the front, and there was fucking space. All like the time. It was all these. It was like mirages of people every stage. You're like, oh fuck. I can't go through this, and then you get down there, and it's just fucking open up. Like this year was fucking one of the best years, and that's you, saying you were a fucking that. lot, man. You were, and you've been tons uh, of nine, time. nine, nine yeah, years in a row, man. And it was uh, this year was so on point. So next year, next year you should go. We celebrate, dude. Everyone keeps telling me my tenure. Year we should go. We should go <laughs> next year. I don't know. Like, even further. It'll be even like, further. Is, like looks such. It just happened. I know, but like, I'd rather go to that. I'd just oh, save yeah. my money for that. I don't. But Detroit's so cheap compared to. No, it's not as cheap as compared it used to, to be. Miami. But still, two hundred bucks. Fuck You're... Miami, dude. Miami can suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm just in comparison to something of that scale. Detroit is. Still I went to Miami once. Insanely affordable. And the first interaction we had. We just got into the city, like we got picked up by by our buddy at the airport. We got into the city. We pulled her on the side to drop off Danny Marin at his hotel, and this motherfucker walks up, this fucking beefcake motherfucker, like fucking just beefy motherfucker, and just starts slamming on the hood of the car. I'm like, all right, fuck you, Miami. You can suck my dick. We still had fun though. Is it racist that in my mind that guy was black? No, he wasn't actually. <laughs> he wasn't. He, he was okay. Italian. That is he was Italian. That is so racist. <laughs> You're so racist. No, he was Italian as fuck, which is racist as well. Oh my god. He was a fuck Guido. <laughs> but no, seriously, you should go back next year. It's dude. It, stay with me. Stay. I'm gonna go. No, I'm gonna go back, and I would totally stay with you. That'd be awesome. I mean, my but best no, friend. I, I'm it. gonna go back. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go back. Cause our our um, Shay Shay Crizzle, a bunch of uh, Omaha cats. They ran out of suite now. They've had Jamie Jones, Damian Lazarus. Oh, they yeah. like ran out of suite at the MGM Grand, and all those fuckers are like, "Fuck this! I want to get away from everything." They just they play sets in their suite. Yeah. They're like, "Fuck this!" Yeah. So we, yeah, we're gonna try that one time. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. That probably shouldn't be advertising this. Sorry, Crizzle. <laughs> right on. All right, so kind of fucking tangents taken over, which is totally fucking fine. But it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna sit here like fucking Joe Rogan, be here for three hours. We're gonna be here for like four <laughs> hours, dude. I have a bad feeling. <laughs> I can't believe you people are still listening. No. <laughs> hey, you fuck faces, keep going. But okay, so yeah, just uh, getting back to you and your involvement in the Denver scene. So, 2010, you were saying that's when it really kind of was taken off, when Punches was and everything. Beta had been coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, into yeah. Blossom. And, so, and honestly, I don't have a lot to do with that. I'm not going to claim fame for no, anything, no. dude. It, it's just that's when I kind of, like, things started coming around for me. That's all yeah. it was. It well, and that's, no, that's a, just a really good perspective on the scene. Because I, I moved here in August of 2012. And when I came here, like it was Boom. Friday, it was Friday every night for punches. 
like Puchas was just on fire and like everybody came out every Friday like and that's Brooke introduced me to you you yeah. you and like Devin and you were some of the first people I met out here was and like well see like, we got lucky because Brooke is such an amazing friend and mm-hmm. we got lucky to be introduced to all you IELTS cats fucking mm-hmm. I mean I got to do fucking porn stars ball like the Rissy stuff all that shit mm-hmm. because of that like and just meet you guys in general like it was fucking awesome yeah yeah she was a gateway mm-hmm. so what what during that time would you say were your highlights or do you do you remember struggles or dude there's always fucking highlights there's just good parties fun times i mean honestly mm-hmm. i mean you've been doing this for a while as well fucking do you remember your fucking I remember awesome times, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but mine were early when I first started doing it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fucking now. Now I'm just still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just a it's a blast, and I enjoy mm-hmm. it. And I don't know. It's like it's just it's a really good time. Yeah. But I can't. I mean, highlights like just. Unexpected things, I would say. Things that happened. I mean, I, I have things I remember. I remember all the shitty things. I remember all the good things. It's just, it's all kind of a highlight, man. Mm-hmm. It, everything's fun. Yeah. Th- this is why we do this. It's because journey, it's a yeah. good fucking time. It's a journey through fucking life. It's it's a chance to play music for people. It's the highs. There's nothing more. <laughs> this came out with this is fucking stupid, but. No, no. It's the it. highs, it's the lows. And the mids. And the mids. Life's about the highs, the lows, and the mids. Life is like a mixer. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Life is like a mixer. <laughs> okay, so over the years, from being involved with 2040 and Flatline and Just Us, uh, how did how has your DJing evolved? Like Like you said earlier, you were originally playing hard house and then i we i mean we tapped in on it but you like kind of made the switch to techno but how do you how do you think your style has or djing has evolved over the years quite a bit Mm -hmm. actually um in my recent sobriety alone it's evolved immensely i would say over the years though just being involved with those groups has changed my style of DJing, mixing, all that stuff. Just based on who I play with. I give credit to like Devin, DVSD, obviously, who's been a huge influence on me. Like hand in hand. Um, not hand in hand, I would say like all the Casa del Sol crew, White Herb, Titac, all those guys. Um, Brian Matthew in a way not the style of music just the style of DJing and making it out there just mm-hmm. putting it out there you know like putting myself out there I should say because I was very shy at first and he definitely helped me like say yo dude put yourself out there you need to you need to do something with this and I don't know, like just being part of all those groups, it it just helps you evolve in general. 
Mm. Just the people you play with. I mean, I get I give a lot of props to Danny Marin as well, because <clears throat> I've known Danny since like for the Fort Collins days, and he's always been like a pinnacle of DJs. Just like the guy, he's always been the dude, and it's always Nutmeg as well. The guy you want, you look up to, and you want to get to that point eventually. Mm-hmm. And you know, just DJing with all those dudes and hanging out with those guys and seeing those guys play it 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 transforms you it makes you it makes you want to be better mm-hmm. how, how has the Denver scene evolved since you got in Ugh. I mean it's it's pretty rapid Dude, rapid change fucking crazy <laughs> the Denver scene is fucking crazy I took a year off of DJing and it it's a monster right now. It's a fucking monster. And it's not a bad monster. It's just a fucking monster. It's transformed into something I n- never thought it would be again. We have a scene again. We have a scene again. Like, we, we, we really have a fucking scene again. And it's, it's crazy because... It's okay. <laughs> Dogs running wild. <laughs> Dogs going wild. Wife's going wild. Everyone's going wild. Yeah. The night is evolving. But, um, no, the scene's fucking crazy, man. It's, like I said a minute ago, it's like I never thought I would see it again like this. It's actually probably thriving more than it ever has in Denver. A lot of new implants and it's awesome it's good to see like just so many new people doing what they do and doing what they love mm-hmm. and to see so many people supporting that is just fucking crazy I, I, I honestly never thought I'd see that again um, back in what was it like 2002 it really started to die off here Mm-hmm. Like we kind of lost the scene altogether in in Denver, Colorado in general. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly started to come back and now I think it's stronger than it ever has been because everyone likes different stuff. Everyone likes different music. Everyone wants to do something different. And I don't know, it's just there's so many different walks of life anymore. Here, it was never like that before. Denver was a small town. We were a small town. We always had a great music scene. Always. We always had a great music scene. But it was always small town. Everyone thought it's small town. Now we have like artists want to play here. There's warehouses going on again. There's just a lot of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's good stuff. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up uh, during the together fucking rant, but uh, it, it's it's an honor to be like a part of it, but like to also witness it with <clears throat> like with together. I mean, it's a total Midwest idea or roots or kind of vibe that we're trying to bring to the to, oh you brought it to the mountains. Yeah, you brought we, it. we brought it. 
But I mean, I'm not the only one who's doing it. Like what the, with the Echo House guys, I mean. Well, Seth and Kevin. Seth and, and Kevin and, are and from. Yeah, like, from dude, oh, those guys are fucking yeah. destroying shit right now. They're from. They're uh, and mean, they're transplants too. Yeah, like uh, he's from uh, Fiat's from Texas. Well, I mean, he's from fucking South American shit, but oh. I mean a lot like from you know Texas and whatever, but. Seth, Seth and Kevin are yeah. from fucking Midwest. They're from the they're Ohio, Midwest, man. They're, they're bringing, <clears throat> they're bringing that vibe or that way of like managing. The thing is, they always have. I remember when Seth fucking first moved here, and I got to put like, he he instantly interjected himself in the fucking scene, instantly, boom. Yeah, snap the fingers, boom. It took me two years. I'm not, like, a, I'm not an interjector, man. I mean, it it wasn't instantly, but yeah. I mean, it was, but it but it was all. It took time. Mm-hmm. What they've built is fucking awesome, mm-hmm. and it's fucking crazy how awesome it is. Yeah, just like with but the... like he brought he ha- he owned a record shop and moved it to fucking Colorado. And then fucking, he had a radio show. He uh, like, and I got to play on that radio show, early on, like when he first fucking moved here and shit. And like, he's just been a pinnacle. Him and Kevin mm-hmm. have been a pinnacle of the fucking scene since they fucking moved here. Mm-hmm. It took a little while, but they've always been a pinnacle. Yeah. Like they're just, they're there. They're fucking there. They were in the fucking. Killing it. They run the Thursday night. They run the the go to after hour spot in Denver. Mad and love. he also does Kevin does the fucking Sunday nights after the, the fucking yes. rooftop. And just, three dude. nights, three no fucking four days a week. That like one of Some, those guys are in our, five days. Yeah. Four to five days a week, these guys have a fucking hand in something that is going on that is electronically related for a venue or an outlet to come and fucking experience electronic music. That's they, fucking crazy, dude. Like I said, they are a pinnacle yeah. of the fucking scene. They yeah. are in the center of everything. That's the fucking... And they, they're, they're the most humble... Cool motherfuckers that I fucking mm-hmm. know in the entire fucking scene. Absolutely. They're fucking amazing people. Both have done podcasts, so fucking go back about a year and a half, and you can hear both of them. <laughs> Hit them up. They're always good. Hit them up. <laughs> and they only play vinyl, which is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Respectable as fuck. Hell yeah. Um, let's go to Flatline. Yeah, tell me about Flatline. So, I met Scooter with Scott. Through um, through my wife. She's best friends with Scott's wife. And is he from here? They're from Nebraska, actually. Oh, okay. But they're Midwest, and they fucking used to throw down on some fucking even, parties, and even, they still do. Even more. They throw down on some fucking parties. It's funny, all this podcast goes back to the yeah. Midwest. Yeah, Every fucking bit of it. Um, but... Between Scooter and Nate Fleetmeyer and fucking Nusha and the whole Flatline fucking crew, Heath, everybody, there's fucking parties. Like, they throw parties like old school. They don't fucking throw some, like, let's get some fancy ass shit going on. 
Let's do some Midwest in a fucking warehouse. Let's just, it, it's about sound and music. <laughs> that's it. You get it. <laughs> and that's how we fucking run Flatline. That's, what, that's fucking how it's done. That's awesome. Those are the homies, and that's what we fucking do. It's, I mean, they brought some of the hugest names to fucking Denver, and mm-hmm. it's... How many how many people are uh, like residents with you on Flatline? So, uh, Heath Spielberg, who is um, part of Dennis Snakes, myself. Yeah, well, they were here last weekend. Yeah, they they live here. Obviously, you know who they are, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they played last weekend. Yeah, they played Echo. last weekend at yeah. Eco House. Um, myself. And then um, Michael, and yeah, fucking that's that's it. Yeah. There, there's not like Flatline's not based on fucking residents. Flatline's based on the talent they bring and the shows mm-hmm. they throw. They like the fucking. It's all about underground. They do it like NORAD does it. Just fucking let's yeah. get underground. Let's fucking go heavy in a deep dark ass fucking room. Yeah. And I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna pump up something that I'm about to start here on Die FM. And honestly, I'm gonna have you as my first guest. Let's just do this. Let's do this. Die FM. Dark rooms and strange places. We don't have a fucking time slot yet, but it's on its way. So. You'll be the first guest. Ow! <laughs> I'm in, like Flint. <laughs> uh, was there any? I think did, didn't you play the Geyser show that yeah, they did? Yeah, I opened yep. up for Geyser. I dude, I was at home that night, what? fucking crying what? myself to sleep. You should have. Because I did not have money <laughs> to get into that party. <laughs> I wish you would have known me. I know. <laughs> I dude. mean, I kind of did, <laughs> but. Why didn't you tell somebody put you on the list? <laughs> you dumb motherfucker. I dude, that's like lives in my mind in infamy of a night. Like, cause I mean, in Denver, you get those all the fucking time. Like, yeah, I could go out to the fucking John Digweed show, or I could go out to this or that, and like whether it's free. Or I not. miss all of them. I hate to say, yeah, it, yeah, I yeah. miss all of them. Which is a which is a good segue into. Your, your year of sobriety, but like, yeah, yeah, in Denver, it's just like, but one that sticks out in fucking infamy in my mind in the four years that I've been here was that fucking Geyser show. I got the opportunity I to open to up go for that motherfucker. So good. I wanted to go so bad. It was a great fucking show. It was, was great. Was that Cluster? Um, no, it was not, actually. It wasn't? It was at uh, Rhino. Oh, that's right, that's right. Which is a venue that I love to death, which we might probably won't ever see another show again there, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Great venue. Sound was on point. That Just that whole show was yeah. fucking amazing. Man, I fucking love Geyser. I mean, I, I pretty much blacked out my whole set. Like, just like, <laughs> not because I was drunk or anything. Nah. Just because I was opening up for Geyser. I was just so like, I just blacked out. I just blacked just out. just in the zone. <laughs> 
an hour and a like half fucking, of blacking out. Like fucking Will Ferrell in Old School yeah. when he's in that debate. Yeah. <laughs> like he Dude. just like drops that science knowledge. He's like, oh wait, what happened? I blacked out. I think it's just blacked out for a minute. <laughs> That's what it was like for like an hour and a half. Just fucking blacked out. Beating shit. <laughs> no, awesome. um, going into that though, honestly, my favorite motherfucker ever that I've ever opened up for, Mark Hole. I'm throwing up props to that motherfucker right now because he's the coolest dude of all time. And all he does is write his own fucking music. He doesn't fucking play anybody else's shit and he's fucking 100% legit. That's awesome. When was that? Uh, twice. Got to open up for that motherfucker. Once at NORAD and the second time at NORAD. <laughs> 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 Needless to say, we miss Norad. <laughs> so much. So much. Preston. Open up. Bring it back now, yo. <laughs> but as we are alluding to, <clears throat> you have had to play the sober game for the past a year? Year and a half. Dude. Year and a half. Year okay. And a half. So so what what Make someone unless they're becoming a yoga instructor that <laughs> 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 loves to listen to techno. Like, why um, the fuck are you sober? <laughs> dude, you don't have to be fucked up to listen to techno. No, no, it's just it's just way better. <laughs> no, 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 no. I fully agree. I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, it fine-tuned me, man. It fine-tuned me. Mm-hmm. It it literally fine-tuned everything. That that's it, dude. It mm. fine tuned me as a person. It fine tuned me as like an artist. It fine tuned everything. Mm-hmm. I saved a shitload of money and just bought brand new equipment, which was huge. Like I've never had an. I bet you're I've never staggered my, by the amount of money you have when. You no, buy- actually, I'm spending a lot, a lot of a money lot. now. I'm broke as fuck <laughs> right now. <laughs> Damn internet. <laughs> Fucking internet. Fucking Amazon Prime. No, seriously though, it, it literally like fine-tuned me as, as a DJ. Like Taking a year off in general fine-tuned me because like I'm coming back and I'm going to do something different. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to do it the same. Which, I don't know if that makes sense oh, at all. It. But like, as far as like, like mixing goes, I look at it at in a totally different light. Like, I I literally just look at it as, let's see what I can do in in this short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Let's see how much I can pack into this small amount of time. When I was, like, getting fucked up, that wasn't what I was thinking about. I was Mm -hmm. thinking about, oh, well, I'll just make some tracks. I'll just get by. That sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Now I'm like, fucking, all right. 20 tracks in an hour. Let's fucking do this shit. <laughs> 50,000 didgeridoos. <laughs> 70 million flutes. <laughs> no, it, it, it's literally like, it's opened up a whole different world of DJing for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's different. It's, it's definitely different. It's weird. Because we all party. We all know we fucking party. I'm not saying every fucking DJ fucking parties, but most of them do. And just taking time off of that and then coming back to it, not in party mode, just 
specifically, specifically thinking about music alone mm-hmm. and not everything else. It's it's different. It's different. It, it, it's a different way to look at shit. Cause, mm-hmm. Cause you know, when you're partying, you think about the party. And the next move. The next move and all that shit. Yeah. I'm not thinking about the next fucking move. And another thing I, I've done as well is like, you know what? Fuck everybody. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to play. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to play. I'm not playing for anybody else. I'm playing for my fucking self. Mm-hmm. You, you, you. I love you, but fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck all of you. <laughs> I might be an asshole for saying that, but... It, it it produces a better sound, I think. Oh, completely. But uh, <clears throat> just to give people an idea, though, what uh, what why why are you why have you been sober for the past year? Well, a lot of you fuckers know I've been sober. I got a, in a lot of fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. I got a DUI. And a DUI is one thing, but. When you have two DUIs from high school, from yeah, 12, how many that, years ago? Fucking when I was 17 years old. Two, two how, how far is By the way, I'm 36 right now. Okay, so you're 17 with one DUI. How, how far apart were they? Uh, 25 years. No, no, no. No, 15 years. 15 Didn't you have years, two in high school? I had two. No, those two were close. Yeah, but, that's what I was asking. But no, those two were close. Those two were close. But I'm 15 years apart on the third one, which doesn't make it any better. I'm still a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. But it's it like I fucked up and I realized it and it made me realize a lot about my life. And I honestly put all the fucking bullshit that I've gone through into the passion of just fucking being dumb and playing music. Mm. Honestly, that's all it is. I just like being stupid and playing music. Like that's all I fucking do now. <laughs> and being stupid means having fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it. you get your, your third. I D- get my kicks on route 66. Yeah. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you got your third DUI 15 years after your, your prior to what, what is the sentence? For, for that or what did you get slammed with um a lot a whole fucking lot um yeah three months in jail and then with work release so yeah it was work release so I got to go to work mm-hmm. and then a whole lot of shame the shame's the worst part I fucking feel dumb I I mean I got in a car accident I almost fucking I could have killed somebody. Don't do this ever. If you're listening to this, don't ever fucking do this. this. Was, it's fucking stupid. When was this? Last year? No, this was two years ago. Two years. Driving yeah. back from This is actually God, I hate to fucking do this. Um this was uh I don't want to say it. This is fucking. This was. This happened two weeks before my wedding. And yeah, that's where we go deep. Fucking, it still hurts. It fucking sucks. I fucked up really bad. I don't recommend this fucking behavior to anybody. Ever. 
fucking dipshit and an asshole for fucking doing what I did. And lesson learned. Lesson fucking mm-hmm. learned. Well, I mean, for one thing, I remember right before you were about to go serve your three months, with, and you had work release. Yeah. And you were telling me that you were about to have a lot of time like to listen to shit or be on the bus because you can drive to shit. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> and I, yeah, like we were talking about yeah. this earlier, but we were in your backyard, you were having a barbecue, it was just before that was going to happen. I was like, you're going to have time on your hands. Dude, I'm listen like, to Joe Rogan. You need to listen to the Joe Rogan experience. So, so we're going to respect another podcast on this podcast because <laughs> it is the podcast of all podcasts. And this is the only reason you're hearing this is because it's <laughs> all about podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, listen to fucking Joe Rogan. He's a smart dude. He actually enlightened a lot of aspects of my life when I've been sober. He's a fucking smart dude. And he will make you fucking think. I highly recommend. And dude, it. I'm just, I'm just kind of like piecing this together now. I mean, it makes so much sense, but it's like, it's like you're going to jail, and like jail is like a, the worst form of like therapy you could imagine because you have how you're treated. Dude, or that like, podcast you know was I the mean? most therapeutic and thing that, that ever is, happened to me. It was literally, and like I thank a you for that. Therapist, that like, I, I that's what I'm realizing. I literally thank you. For introducing me to that because that podcast was literally like a fucking therapy group. Mm-hmm. It got me through all that shit. It's it, it, it like that podcast was like showing me the light at the end of the fucking tunnel. It fucking showed me like you know what, people fuck up. People do stupid ass fucking shit. <laughs> people fucking act like fucking idiots. You're fucking thirty six and you act like a fucking twelve year old. What the fuck's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. But you learn shit about yourself. You fucking mm-hmm. find shit out about yourself. And you know what? There's light at the end of the fucking tunnel all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. There's no end to anything. The only end is the end of your fucking life. And that's not going to fucking happen until it fucking happens. Yep. So that's it. I have nothing more. Nothing matters but the moment. <laughs> nothing more. And, and what you do with the time that you're given. <laughs> it's true. So it's very yeah. true. And any anybody I tell, it's like, it's hard to even like. It, I almost feel like I'm someone who's trying to. Im, Im, import like, oh, I'm a salesman for Amway. Like jump Impose. on this pyramid. You're, you're like, yeah, yeah. Impor- I'm like posing. Uh, it's no, like, you're not. You're not. It, you're it, not. It, it's like back to the Daft Punk thing. Like trying to express how important. If you or, haven't heard it, you or, don't fucking know. Yeah. If you how, haven't heard it, you don't fucking know. It, it's changing the world and trying to explain that to someone. You you literally just have to find someone who has time to be able to listen to it. Because it is if if I'm not driving my job, like I deliver packages for my day job, and that allows me to have time to listen to podcasts. So you're a gigolo? Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't fucking change that for the world, man. No, I mean, no, it's not no. the greatest job ever. Dude, dude all, joke, all the, jokes aside. Like, it's, it's, it's like, I'm like, it's a fucking religion. Like, yeah. I'm like, I started listening four I remember years ago. Th- I remember the, what you told me about the podcast. You're like, dude, it's fucking church. You said, listen <laughs> to this shit, it's fucking church. <laughs> 
I remember those words. But like, yeah, yeah, and like, I'm. It's like taking the name back because church fucking sucks. Like, this is what church should be. Out of context, that was taken out of context. Completely. Well, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not in the context of church, mm-hmm. but yes, ladies, gentlemen, mm-hmm. fucking. It's huge. And if you're listening to this, it's you, you either just really, really like me, or you really care. Dude, I don't like you at all. You either really, really like, like me, or you listen to podcasts. So, you just wear I mean, we're face. preaching to the choir, or or people that should be listening to the podcast because I love you. this shit is changing the world. It really is. It's it's why, like I said, we're here, episode nineteen. It influenced this. Nineteen, and, y'all. Yep, yep, and and we're, together. <laughs> Two thousand seventeen. Yep. <laughs> in your fucking face. <laughs> Motherfucking rape face. Fucking face. <laughs> well, yeah, we've been. I, I mean, I don't even know how long we've been podcasting. Dude, we've been talking fragmented. for so long, and I love it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so as we're uh, probably we're probably like, as they do in the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, we're going on three hours. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are. Quote, well, yeah. I, I no, I'm pretty sure collectively. Maybe, maybe. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> nothing wrong with it, because I mean, you if can you don't either, like, if you, you don't like listen, this talk, yeah, you can all suck my dick. You can, you can shut this off. You can fast forward. You can rewind. If you don't you can like jerk it, off. You can shower to this. You can do whatever you want. You should definitely shower to this, and then right send, now. and then send me videos. JD Mankey at Gmail. <laughs> Mankey and I are hanging out on a fucking Tuesday night, and this this conversation will be recorded forever. We someone could be listening to this for God knows what reason a thousand years from now. Like, this is what motherfuckers were doing back dude, in two thousand six. Right now, I'm gonna go fucking paint balls on the cave wall, and then some dude and like. 3,000 years is going to find balls on this wall. <laughs> balls on the wall. Who it's knows? On. You might have a tree that's been alive for 50 years in your yard. You go on a fucking Oh, shit. He just went there. And you fucking come home this fucking and asshole just went there. He just fucking went there. You're bringing it down. Oh, you who, just brought me down. Who fucking knows? <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. Let's uh, let's bring this fucking podcast home. We come back. We come to the uh, one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Coming all is, over. Coming everywhere. <laughs> I just shot my load. Hot loads <laughs> everywhere. The uh, the best and worst segment where we go through a, a couple different categories of the best and worst uh, experiences of Mankey's life. Oh. So okay, so. If, well, God, we we went and we already talked about this for quite a bit, but uh, if you want to embellish on it, feel free to more. But uh, what is the best and worst uh, concert set or musical experience that you've ever seen live? Seen? Yeah, like Daft Punk. Well, we yeah. already That's talked about this. That's what I was saying. Man. That's what I was saying. We talked um, at that. Honestly, so. second is LCD sound system that. I just saw that was Red just Rocks fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. That was just ridiculous. So what was the worst then? And this could be most disappointing, like someone you were just so excited to see, and it, it just well disappointed. I'm gonna go a different direction on this. Okay. I'm gonna go with the time we booked two artists to play, and our party got shut down. 
Why don't we go with that? Because they were just mm-hmm. killing it. And all of a sudden, the cops showed up. And they killed it. And they fucking killed it. <laughs> like cops do. Dude, the cops showed up. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Black Lives Matter, y'all. What party was that, though? <laughs> oh, we gotta get into it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because it just came up on the memories on Facebook. Yeah, the other day. <laughs> um, it was our two-year anniversary of Just Us, and we had Scoozbot and De La play. And two records into De La's set, the cops showed up. Where was where, where was it at? Oh, we're not gonna say. <laughs> Because someone I know on the venue. Um, well, fuck it. It was at the old fucking... Um, I don't even remember the name of the place. <laughs> fuck that place. <laughs> Anyways, we got shut down and I lost fucking $1,400. Fuck that place. Yes. Warehouse. The Woodhouse? Where, no. It wasn't the Woodhouse. Oh, okay. Um... God damn it, what's the name of that fucking place? I can't even remember right now. Dude, was that the place? Uh, it's not the place where you opened and like the dance floor was higher than the, the DJ booth. And uh, I think you opened for fucking Robert Dietz. Didn't you open for No, Robert that Dietz? was a different place. Yes, I did. Place. I did. That okay, was a different that was place. A different that place. was a different okay. place. That place was really weird. Yeah. That place was really like weird. The booth, yeah. It was, a, it was a really weird place. It was a really weird place. You were like dancing on a fucking um, palace. It was a super weird place. That was the first time you saw me play, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because Harry was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were nervous was, as fuck that night. I hadn't played for a minute and I was yeah. fucking K'd out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was K'd out of my mind. That was a long time ago. Um, no, that wasn't the same place. Anyways, was Joe Rogan this bitch out? Where you at? You got another question. Uh, best and worst set you've ever played. Oh, shit. Now we're going there. Um... Honestly, the worst set I've ever played, I don't even remember because I got really shit-faced before I played it. I was blacked out. And that's when I, I quit doing that. I quit drinking when I played at that point in time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I did not drink. I'd have a beer, maybe a couple beers, but I used to drink a lot before I played. The worst set I played, fucking, that probably has to go back to, like, like the, when I first started playing clubs, mm-hmm. maybe. Like, really just, oh, I feel like I have to get drunk just so I can perform well. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, I really can't remember because I was probably really fucking trashed. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's like, if that makes any sense at all. After 19 of these, this is the first time I've heard that. I was like, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, yeah, exactly. Like, the worst <laughs> that I've ever played, I was really fucked up. <laughs> Probably rolling. I don't even fucking know. Um, best set? I'm. I don't have an answer to that, man. Fucking. I don't. I'm not gonna Pick one. It. I'm not gonna sit here and toot my own fucking horn. All right. The best set. 
that I've ever played is the one you're about to fucking hear. Ooh, I believe it. From Together. I haven't even heard it yet. Here we go. <laughs> Alright, fuck the rest of the questions. Here we go. No, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, best and worst festival you've ever been to? The best. Um, Detroit the first year. Detroit the first year by far. Mm-hmm. Because it was fucking dead. There's nobody there. We had a fucking blast. Fucking, um... The only place where you're like, it's dead, but that's a good thing. <laughs> no, it was a great thing because the next two years, it was fucking crazy. Like, mm-hmm. the first year we went, there was nobody from Denver. Except for the Beatport Cats. Yeah. That was it. Second year, um, my wife's asking if there's more pizza in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Second year was fucking amazing. Um, Worst? Worst festival I've ever been to. And that could be most disappointing as well. Like, whatever is just flop. Dude, I don't want to mention names and shit, though. Well, just describe it. Showing up and there's no sound, no monitors, <laughs> and and that's it. Like, you have nothing to play <laughs> off of. Literally, that's happened. No sound, no monitors. I'm not saying names. I'm not saying fucking parties. I'm, th- this happened. That's all it is. Like, literally, fucking no sound, no monitors, and the promoter won't do shit about it. <laughs> Except take people's money. Yes, yes. <laughs> Come on in. Hey, come on in. Hey, hey, y'all. What are you doing? What are you doing, y'all? Let me take your money. Oh, is it 25 bucks to get in? We ain't having any sound now. I'm going to take your dub. Take your dub. All right, man. Well, let's fucking, let's close this shit out then. It closes the best and worst section. Uh... If people want to find your music online or hear your sets, I mean, they're going to hear your set about in like 30 seconds, but if they want to hear more, where can they do that? Well, they don't. I don't post a lot. No SoundCloud? No nothing? Well, I have a SoundCloud. I haven't fucking put anything new on it for a while. Well, Um, they could still go back. MixCloud. Yeah, old stuff, I guess. SoundCloud. Josh Mankey, SoundCloud. Um, Josh Mankey, MixCloud. Mankey's M-A-N-K-E. M-A-N-K-E. Ben can't spell it. Mankey. M-A-N-K-E. It just took my jam. M-A-N-K-E. Um, I don't post a lot of stuff. Uh, if you want to see me, come see me live. Mm-hmm. It's more fun. It'll be worth it. It's more fun for all of us. Okay, well, if people want to come see you live, where can they do that? Is there anything coming up on the horizons? Besides, There's not shit. If besides you, October 8th? Follow me on Her Facebook. Together? Follow me. Oh, um, yeah. October 8th, I'm playing this Together show with Ben Milhow. Yeah, he's fucking tagging. awesome. We're and we're going to take my fucking jobs, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Anyways, uh, October 8th, that's the next gig. There's nothing more, nothing less. Nothing less. Listen to the mix. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's fucking throw this mix on. What what can we expect from the mix, Mankey? Well, it's... It's, it's already been played. It, it, this is the set that was played at Together, correct? This is the set from Together. Woo! This is banging ass in your face, motherfucking face. And I, I, I think I might have told you this, but somebody came up to me. I wish I could... I can't right now in the state I'm in, but... 
someone came up to me and said, no, I do remember. I just remembered in my state. It was Alex M. Alex M came up to me and said Mankey was changing lives on the fucking stage. Hey, and, guys, did you yeah, just hear he, that? Yeah, yeah. Did you just hear that? But, I'm changing but lives. We don't, you don't even have to question his opinion anymore because here comes the mix. So, lives. Mankey, thank you so much for fucking changing being lives. on the podcast, man. You hear and, that? Lives. <laughs> I'm changing <laughs> lives. Yeah, y'all. Lives. <laughs> I love it. I love it when you like talk to the recorder. Your your it's life, like, your life right now hasn't so much, been changed. There's so much more intention. It hasn't been changed when when your face is six inches from it. Life. <laughs> but thank, thanks, man, for fucking coming on, and uh, you know we'll probably get you on here in the future, talk some shit. But uh, I fucking love you in my life, and excited for what's to come, man. So fucking keeping it real, and uh, here we go, folks. Beautiful, 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 beautiful
Sorry.
up this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll have another episode for your listening pleasure out in the next few weeks. Also, don't forget to mark your calendars for Together Decompression, October 8th at Echo House in Denver. Peace out, guys.